things are going well. In a way, it's um, confirming and not confronting, but confirming some of the vanity in my own heart for big church travel, the feeling of significance. And then in late 2006, it all comes crashing down. Glenn Packiam was cruising along as a worship leader at a big, influential church. Then, the lead pastor was involved in a scandal that made the news around the world. Not long after that, a gunman opened fire at the church, killing two teenagers. Today, Glenn is sharing what he learned through those experiences of deep brokenness. That's one of the big things I've learned through this is that there is no situation of brokenness where the grace of God can't come rushing in and bring something beautiful out of it. Glenn Packiam is a singer, songwriter. As a matter of fact, you just heard him. He's also a pastor. And today, he's our guest on this episode of GPS, God People Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. Glenn's going to explain why communion is an important part of his ministry. You know, communion represents the last meal Jesus had with his disciples. And during that meal, Jesus said his body was the bread they were going to eat. And you'll hear Billy Graham teach about that in a few minutes. The bread of heaven is available for all who earnestly and sincerely seek him. Eternal life is the result of a Christ-man relationship. We can tell you a lot more about beginning that Christ-man relationship at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. You may have noticed that we play a short excerpt of a Billy Graham message in almost every episode of GPS. Well, there's a way you can listen to Billy Graham's messages anytime you want, back-to-back, 24 hours a day. It's the Billy Graham channel on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. If you're a subscriber, you can hear it on Channel 460 or on the SiriusXM app. If you're not a subscriber, you can become one by going to thebillygramchannel.com. That's thebillygramchannel.com. GPS. God. People. Stories. I'm from Malaysia. My mom was born in Singapore. My dad was born in Malaysia. Both of Glenn Packiam's parents became followers of Jesus Christ after they were married. My mom grew up in a Christian home, at least a nominal Christian home. Uh, My dad was actually raised Hindu, and uh, they met at the University of Singapore. And as they began hanging out uh, and dating and things began to get more serious, basically my mom said, hey, I'm not marrying a Hindu. So my dad decided to convert. Now, that's the kind of humorous short version of the story. But the truth is the Lord had been working in his heart for a while and uh, He often talks about just realizing that there was no sense of uh, love of God in Hinduism, and he he always felt that it was much more driven by fear. So as he got to know a bit more about Jesus through my mom, he felt like this was a big change he wanted to make. Glenn says his parents might not have had a full commitment to their faith for the first few years of their marriage. It wasn't until Glenn's aunt helped them understand how to have a personal relationship with Jesus that their faith really set sail. 
eventually she got through and they had a pretty radical, you know, born again experience. And they really haven't looked back since. Glenn made his commitment to Christ at a young age. And in Malaysia, that made him a religious minority. Christians are only about 10 or 11 percent of the population in Malaysia. So uh, it was not unusual for me, you know, going to school, riding the school bus with kids who were Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, uh, and one or two Christians. And you just sort of learn that, yeah, people don't believe the same way that we do. And how do we show them the love of God? And how do we talk to them about Jesus? So actually, as a kid, I tried to have like an evangelistic Bible study. You know, our house was up the road from a school, not the school I went to, but it was up the road from a school. And and I knew school kids were walking by the house every day. So I put a sign outside uh, our front yard, you know, that said free Bible study. I was like eight years old and (laughs) nobody came. But I remember growing up with this awareness of I wanted to give my life to tell other people about Jesus. And he would get his chance. But first, his family made a big move from Malaysia to the United States. 1988, they felt like the Lord was leading them towards a calling toward vocational ministry. So my dad gave up a a really high paying job in an ad agency. And my mom was a teacher and they both gave up their jobs. And our whole family moved from Malaysia to Portland, Oregon to go to a Bible college my parents, for them to go to the Bible college, um, 1988 to 1991. So I was 10 years old when that happened. I joke with people that uh, I grew up speaking English, but those were the years in middle school where I learned to speak American. (laughs) Um, But those were also sweet years of living by faith and watching the Lord really provide for our family. And as my parents were Bible college students and really good memories of those years. Glenn's parents decided to move back to Malaysia when Glenn was in high school. There, they planted a small church. And even though Glenn knew he wanted to go into ministry, he did not see himself pastoring a local church. When he headed back to the States to attend Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Glenn had dreams about big ways God would use him. You know, it's funny. The one thing I didn't want to do was to be a pastor. (laughs) I kind of had this arrogance, maybe this pride in my heart of like, well, I don't want to do this small church thing. And uh, so I got to college and had illusions of, you know, wanting to do something more, uh, quote unquote, significant. I needed that refined out of me. But in those years, I thought, no, 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 I don't want to do a small local church thing. I want to do something uh, better than that, I would have said probably in those years. Music is a type of ministry Glenn was drawn to from a young age. He played the piano and guitar. He started leading worship when he was in high school and continued through college, where he got involved in the chapel praise and worship team at Oral Roberts. And in the early 2000s, Glenn had the chance to write and record worship music and travel around the country. You've probably heard some of the songs he's written or co-written, such as Your Name, which was recorded by the band Phillips, Craig, and Dean. It was music that took Glenn from Tulsa to Colorado Springs, where he started working for New Life Church. And this is the time when Glenn married his college sweetheart, Holly. They met at Oral Roberts and tied the knot in 2001. A few years later, kids came along. In a lot of ways, life was good. Glenn was making music at a thriving and influential megachurch. He had a sense of significance. And his job was pretty cool by a lot of standards. But this is where the story gets rocky. Okay, so it's the early 2000s. I've been at New Life. Uh, Things are going well. In a way, it's um, confirming and not confronting, but confirming some of the vanity in my own heart for big church travel, the feeling of significance. 
And then in late 2006, it all comes crashing down because the founding senior pastor uh, at our church had a very public uh, moral failure. Glenn is referring to the scandal involving Ted Haggard, which was well publicized at the time. Suddenly, there was a spotlight on the church for all the wrong reasons. It made headlines around the world, and it was a devastating time for the church. Not only that, there were secondary consequences. You know, people began to uh, have questions about what was going on at the church. And, and even as the uh, student band, we were uninvited, you know, for from certain events. And I began in those years to really experience an, an awakening in my own heart, realizing that I had confused the blessing of God with America's vision of success. Um, you know, the culture's vision of success, where success in, in sort of an American depiction of it is bigger, better, more influence. And, and that God's idea of blessing sometimes looks like that and sometimes doesn't. And I realized that, that while all the external signs of ministry were, were going well, so to speak, my own relationship with the Lord was growing colder. As devastating as that season was, it was a wake-up call for Glenn and the church. He came to realize that significance in God's kingdom isn't about the size or the prominence of a ministry, but the heart behind it. In my heart, what the Holy Spirit did was take me to a place of conviction where it was no longer uh, really just about a leader's sin, but it was also about what was in our own hearts and uh, kind of the scripture that says, take heed lest you fall. And and to say, okay, search my heart, Lord, what's going on here? And that's when I think a lot of the refining work began in terms of pride and the vanity and, and the way of saying, yeah, Lord, I'll serve you, but really I, I want to be significant because of it. And, and being able to surrender all of that and, and out of that brokenness, being able to say, Lord, come and refine, come and work, come and purify. So our church went through an amazing time of, of refining and, and prayer and worship uh, was a pure way for us to be able to seek Jesus. A new senior pastor named Brady Boyd helped the congregation at New Life move forward after the turmoil. But just as they were starting to heal from the scandal, tragedy rocked the church. A gunman came onto our campus on a Sunday and took the lives of two teenage girls in the parking lot. And it was a tragic day. This was December of 2007. He picked our church for a reason. He he thought of us as the epitome of hypocrisy because of the scandal that had happened. And so there's some reason to believe that that was part of his motivation, but his shooting was random. He wasn't looking for any individual. He wasn't trying to take down a particular person or people. He just wanted to create mayhem. Glenn's wife and children hid under a desk and then ran to their car when there was a pause in the gunfire. The gunman was taken down by a church security guard. Several people were wounded. The two teenage girls killed were sisters. And so here we are as a church within a 13-month span experiencing a scandal and a tragedy and calling out to the Lord. And one of the most powerful nights of worship we had was three nights later, Wednesday night, we called the church together and said, come on, we're not going to be, you know, Brady said, we're not going to be governed by fear. I'll never forget his words. And he called us together to worship and to pray. And we read Psalm 23 and we sang a song that one of my colleagues had written called Overcome. And it was a powerful, powerful night. And it set us on this trajectory of intentionally as a church becoming 
uh, Christ-centered and becoming rooted and, and, and trying to look for practices that would help take the focus off of an individual. A couple of years after the shooting, Glenn was sensing a call toward leading a church. The very thing he thought he'd never do back when his parents were planning a small church in Malaysia. This, again, you know, was a place that I, you know, 10 years earlier, I wouldn't have thought I would have been a part of my life. And, but my wife and I were becoming more and more convinced, no, the Lord is calling us to the local church and to be pastors. Glenn's pastor encouraged him to begin shepherding a group of people through a new Sunday night service that included communion. So we began doing the Lord's Table uh, every week, and we began to incorporate Psalm 51 as a prayer of confession that we all prayed uh, each week. And and what we discovered is these older practices of Christian worship have a way of rooting us in the faith and centering us on Christ. That Sunday night service eventually led to the idea to plant a congregation in downtown Colorado Springs. The vision he had was an outreach to people who were unlikely to go to the church's main campus. Glenn helped launch that satellite campus on Easter Sunday, 2012. And that has been a beautiful time of seeing God reach young people, 20-somethings, 30-somethings, empty nesters, people on the edges of faith, people outside of faith, people who were ready to walk away from it all. So the last seven years have been a beautiful time of shepherding that congregation. From Malaysia to Oregon, from Oklahoma to Colorado, and a lot of other places in between, Glenn has seen God at work. And one of the themes he's come to embrace is the picture of broken bread. In the Bible, Jesus took bread, which represented himself, and blessed it, broke it, and gave it. In his study of the scriptures, Glenn has realized Jesus isn't the only one who was blessed, broken, and given. We, his followers, are blessed, broken, and given as well. That's one of the big things I've, I've learned through this is that there is no situation of brokenness where the grace of God can't come rushing in and bring something beautiful out of it. And we've just become convinced of it personally and as a church, we've seen it, where if we offer our brokenness to the Lord, to Jesus, His grace comes rushing in. And I don't say that in a trite way. I don't say that as a way of, oh, it makes everything happy again. No, no, not like that. But only God can bring this kind of redemption in the midst of situations of deep and difficult brokenness. Bread that is not broken cannot be shared. It's out of the brokenness of our lives that we actually find meaningful relationships or have the opportunity to find meaningful relationships with other followers of Jesus. Your body was given for all the broken of the world. Now by your wounds we are made whole. Did you catch what Glenn just said? Bread that is not broken cannot be shared. Maybe you're struggling with brokenness right now. In a minute, Glenn is going to share some encouraging insights with you. There's also something you can do right now to give your brokenness to Jesus. You can go to our website. If you haven't asked Jesus to come into your life and take your brokenness, this is a good place to start. Findpeacewithgod.net
You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Jesus said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. Billy Graham. The bread of heaven is available for all who earnestly and sincerely seek him. Eternal life is the result of a Christ-man relationship. I am the bread. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. It means that we are to take Christ into our lives, that we accept him as the only means of salvation, and that we recognize him to be the one and only true dispenser of life. Perhaps you do not even know that you are hungry for the bread of life. Consciously or unconsciously, you are seeking, questing, searching, longing for something that you've never found. I want to tell you the thing that you are searching for all your life. That hunger is the hunger for the bread of life. Right now, you can partake of Christ. All you have to do is to turn from your sin, repent of your sin, tell God that you're sorry for your sins, and then by faith open your heart and let Jesus come in. You can listen to the rest of that message by going to BillyGrahamRadio.org and clicking on the Billy Graham Audio Archives. Then search for the message title, The Bread of Life. That's BillyGrahamRadio.org, or you can click on a direct link to the message in our show notes. Glenn Packiam is our guest on this episode of GPS. When he was young, Glenn didn't want to be a local pastor. But as oftentimes happens, that's exactly what he is today as pastor of New Life downtown in Colorado Springs. And he is enjoying that role. Glenn's also enjoying his role as a husband to Holly and a father of four children. He has a doctorate in theology and ministry, and he's a musician, songwriter, speaker, author. His latest book is called Blessed, Broken, Given, and it delves into brokenness and God's purpose for it. If you're struggling right now, here's what Glenn wants to share with you. Maybe you're out there and you're saying, man, I just can't keep up with life and all of its struggles and sometimes that's the brokenness of just our own frailty we're, we're, we're human but the psalmist tells us that god knows our frame and he knows that we are just dust and he loves us and he has compassion on us so even in that kind of brokenness we are beloved maybe it's the brokenness of of sin of failure of, of saying yeah we've we've messed up and uh, again psalm 51 is a psalm that reminds us that in our brokenness of failure and sin we can find the God of mercy. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your great love, according to your never-ending mercy. And so that's a, a brokenness that can find healing in Jesus. And then maybe it's the brokenness of suffering, where we, we feel like, boy, we just, we're going through something really hard. Some of the stuff I've described that our church went through, and in the, in the book I recount some personal stories. Even that kind of brokenness can open us up to the grace of God and actually Open us up to relationship with others. Open us up to community. Uh, this Christian life is not meant to be lived alone. If you're you're listening to this and you find yourself without friends or without a church, find others to walk with you. Let the difficulties of your life actually be a, an occasion for your own uh, openness and vulnerability. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, God actually can use you to be a carrier of his goodness and blessing to others. That is so encouraging, isn't it? God can use you and your brokenness to be a blessing to others. We've really enjoyed getting to know Glenn Packiam and hearing the wisdom he has shared on this episode of GPS. Thank you for listening. I'm Phil Fleischman. Indeed, indeed. I'm Jim Kirkland. GPS, God, people, stories. 
It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Bye.